In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. As we come before the Lord today on this Divine Mercy Sunday, we give praise and thanks to God for the gift of all of the surprising beauties and joys and glories of this life, as mercy is always a surprise for us. It's always an occasion where we're expecting the worst and we find love and beauty and joy and goodness. So we call to mind now our sins, those things for which we expect condemnation and judgment, and we look forward in hope to the mercy of our God. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. God of everlasting mercy, who in the very recurrence of the Paschal Feast kindle the faith of the people you have made your own. Increase, we pray, the grace you have bestowed, that all might grasp and rightly understand in what font they have been washed, by whose spirit they have been reborn, by whose blood they have been redeemed. be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger into the nail marks, put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, a week later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. And Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God and that through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. 
Back when my, uh, when my brother and I were in our 20s, uh, we both had bedrooms that were adjacent to the gravel driveway leading up to my parents' house. And so uh, when one of us was in bed, maybe on a weekend night, and the other one was coming back from somewhere, if we heard the crunch of the gravel in the driveway, then the game was on. And uh, we tried to scare each other out of our wits. It was just kind of the game we did, played through our 20s. And I think I had the best one. My favorite one was, I was laying in bed one night, I heard the crunch of the gravel and the sound of his car, and I got up, and I went in his closet, and I shut the door. And I was waiting for him to put his clothes away, and I was going to jump out when he opened the closet door, right? So that was the plan. But plan one didn't work, because he was a bit of a slob, and he didn't put his clothes away. So uh, he just got ready for bed, and shut off the light, and went to bed. It's like, all right, I gotta come up with plan B. Uh, so I waited in there for probably a good solid two minutes, dead silence, you know, lights are off, and the head of his bed was right next to the closet door. And so after a couple minutes, I loudly turned the handle, slowly opened the door, and I just leaned out over his head and said, how's it going? <laughs> I'll never forget the look on his face because he was facing the wall, and he kind of he turned around slowly, like, like wide eyes, and like, how's it going? He's like, oh, thank God, you know, <laughs> the feeling of relief. So, yeah, from feeling like your life is in jeopardy to all of a sudden, oh, it's just my brother, it's just, it's just something fun, you know, going from expecting the worst to the sudden relief of, oh, not only is this is okay, okay, this is kind of funny, this is kind of good, right, this is kind of beautiful. That's really an, uh, the experience of mercy. Going from this surprise of expecting the worst to being delighted by something good. And I was thinking of that as I was reading this, uh, this gospel passage here. In, in the current context of our world, I read this gospel passage a little differently than I usually do. Like, different things stood out to me this year. Usually I think of like doubting Thomas, and I get kind of hung up on that image for a little while. Or uh, a lot of times I, I focus on the peace be with you that Jesus says, because that is just such a calming thing, hearing that from the Lord. But this year, as I was reading this passage, and especially as hearing Jesus say, peace be with you, it occurred to me how very not peaceful this whole situation is. You know, when you take this really seriously, it says they've just watched their, the one they thought who was going to change everything and save the whole situation be brutally executed, and they're afraid for their own lives, and they're all up there behind locked doors. And then Jesus comes in to that situation, you know, they're expecting that he's not around anymore, and all of a sudden, he's in their midst. Where did you come from? What do you, you know? And what does he do? He says, peace be with you, and then he shows them wounds. He shows them gaping holes in his hands and in his feet. It's not a peaceful thing to do. That's pretty freaky. And even though it says they're a bit comforted, I mean, what is that situation going to be like? And then what happens next week? They're still in the upper room, still behind locked doors. They're still afraid for their lives, right? There's very little that is peaceful about this situation, and yet it's in the midst of this violent and confusing uh, situation that Jesus comes and says this most beautiful word, Peace. I mean that when I say it. Peace be with you, even in the midst of this. Even in the midst of Roman oppression, even in the midst of seeing these gaping holes in me, 
peace. And when Jesus says peace, it means something more than what we think of with peace. We tend to think of peace as like the absence of violence or like, you know, not being a jerk or something like that. Uh, but peace, the, the Hebrew word shalom, it's one of my favorite Hebrew words. It means may everything, may everything be as it should be. And why should it be that way? Because God wants it that way. May everything be as God wants it to be for you. Or when Jesus comes in his resurrected form, even in the midst of this violent situation, even displaying his wounds, he says, everything is as God calls us to be. We're okay. We're here, to, we're here together, even in the midst of this trying situation. And I, I heard that really, really profoundly, I think, this year, in the midst of all the challenges that our world is going through. This, you know, this has been such a year of ugh, clenched teeth and frustration and isolation and confusion and trying to get our points across and all these, ugh, all this discord, all this unrest. And it's in the midst of this mess that Jesus comes here in this Easter season and says, yeah, peace be with you, even now. And that's a hard message to hear in the noise of the world. Because our frustrations run really high. I, th- I saw a, a meme uh, somebody posted earlier this week. This I love this. It says, um, I feel like we've moved past Jesus take the wheel and we're heading towards Jesus pull it over and swat somebody with your flip-flop. <laughs> right? That kind of expresses the exasperation that we're going through in the world. I would love it if that became like the 21st mystery of the rosary. You know, <laughs> I would totally meditate on that. Um, <laughs> but we, yeah, so much frustration and feeling the need to get my points across and uh, being so disgusted with hearing other people's points of view a lot of times, and just the frustration, the anger, all these different things going on. And in the midst of this mess, Jesus comes and says, peace be with you. Yeah, there's, there's still tons of goodness in the world and beauty. There's still tons of it in you. And even in the midst of your isolation and even in the midst of your frustrations, there's great things happening in you and, and in the world around you. Peace is here. Yeah, there's, there's stuff we've got to work on. There are things we've got to do, but the Lord is here in our midst. Peace be with you. Know that you are known and loved. You're going to be okay. I read a remarkable story just this morning. came across, it's in this uh, magazine called Catholic World Report. It's talking about, uh, there was a discovery recently Somewhere in the United Kingdom, I think it was in Wales, uh, they dis- there were these uh, bones that were discovered in-, in a box in a house. And they-, they discovered that these bones actually belonged to a few uh, martyrs from the time of the English Reformation. Their names are uh, Philip Evans and John Lloyd. Philip Evans and John Lloyd. They were both, uh, I think they were Jesuit priests who were executed during the, the, um, the English Reformation. So listen to this. Philip Evans was playing tennis on July 21st, 1679, when he heard that he would be executed the following day. He reportedly received the news in good spirits and asked permission to finish the game on the grounds of the prison where he was being held. He's 34 years old. That is, he's like my new hero in terms of, you're going to be okay, you know? 
there's still beauty, there's still goodness in the world, even in the most desperate of situations. Philip, you're going to be executed tomorrow. Imagine how, how frustrated his jailer is, hoping he's going to like, see this guy crumble in despair. Philip, you're going to be executed tomorrow. Got it. Can I finish the game? I'm up 15, love. This game's going really well, you know? <laughs> and what does he do that night? It says, uh, on the evening before his execution, Evans wrote to his younger sister, a nun in Paris. Dear sister, he says, I know that you are so well-versed in the principles of Christian courage as not to be at all startled when you understand that your loving brother writes this as his last letter to you, being in a few hours hence to suffer as a priest and consequently for God's sake. What greater happiness can befall a Christian man? That is marvelous. You know, this witness of, of this man who is so completely aware of the surprising and merciful love of God that he's able to surprise everyone around him by not panicking, even in this most desperate time of his life. He says, I'm I'm still quite sure of the love of God and the love of my sister, you know, that he writes that beautiful letter to his sister on that occasion. That is a marvelous model for us. Christians, the world needs us to be those people right now. As we celebrate divine mercy this Sunday, and we live in this world with all this discontent and discord and confusion and uh, fear about the future and uh, squabbles over inequalities and injustices and all these things that are hurting us, the world needs us so much to be a people of surprising mercy. To go out and meet, meet one another, not with coercive and snarky comments, not by trying to muscle people around or shame people into doing things. The church needs us to be ministers of mercy, learning from the one who did this for us, who comes in the midst of our betrayal and of our fear and our confusion, and he says, peace be with you. You're okay. You're here and I love you. I'm still coming to save you. This is all still for you. Peace be with you. People of God, see the morning is new. Rise from your sleeping and run to the tomb. Come and see, come and see, he is alive. A grave that is empty, a promise fulfilled. God who was with us is here with us still. He is here, he is here, he is alive. Hallelujah, love is alive. Conquered the grave and defeated the night. Hallelujah, love is alive. The sun has arisen for all. Your people sing Alleluia. 
People of God, let your fear fall away. Your chains have been broken. Abandon your shame. Lift your hearts. Lift your hearts. He is alive. Here now is mercy embracing your soul. Hear the fulfillment that once was foretold. It is true. It is true. He is alive. Hallelujah. Love is alive. Conquered the grave and defeated the night. Hallelujah. Love is alive. The sun has arisen for all. Your people sing Alleluia. Now standing in the presence of a surprising and merciful God, we lift up these needs and petitions. Lord, our joy comes from knowing that you know us and that you love us. And so increase our joy by opening our eyes to see the beautiful ways in which you will respond to these prayers. For we make them all with faith and confidence in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that our reception of this Paschal Sacrament may having a continuing effect in our minds and our hearts. Go forth in peace. Alleluia. Alleluia.